Chapter 5a and Alpha 1 of The Phenomenology of Mind, Volume 1 by George Wilhelm Frederick Hegel, translated by James Black Bailey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5a and Alpha 1 Certainty and the Truth of Reason, Observation as a Mode of Reason, and the Observation of Things of Nature. Section C Free Concrete Mind. Translator's note. Reason is the first stage in the analysis of concrete mind, of universal self-consciousness of itself in its object and consciousness of the object as universal. Reason is not a mere function of mind, but a stage of mind. It therefore possesses its own peculiar content and operates in a process peculiar to itself. Its aim is to become completely conscious of its own nature, and to acquire this it must develop itself through its various phases. The process of development is from immediate to immediate, from what is implicitly to what is explicitly. The first step, therefore, is reason as immediate, where universal self is simply and directly aware of itself in a universal object. The operation of concrete mind at this stage is found where reason observes. The analysis of observation at this operates in the various domains covered by the empirical sciences. It is thus the subject matter of the following section. The processes of these various sciences are assumed in Hegel's analysis. Observation must change in character with the objects observed, hence the difference between the observation of inorganic and organic nature, observation of mind, and the relation of mind and nature. The difficulties reason has to face in this operation, and the contradiction into which it falls in seeking to find laws, etc., to satisfy its aim, form the substance of the following analysis. The nature of reason, as here conceived, is the source and origin of philosophical idealism. Whether the idealism be one-sided or absolute, idealism is, in fact, the philosophical expression of the principle of reason. Just the various empirical sciences may be said to be the development in the several ways in which experience dictates, of the operation of rational observation. Hence the introductory pages of the following analysis are devoted to a statement of the character of true and false idealism. The historical material behind the abstract argument elaborated here is provided by the awakened scientific spirit that appeared after the Reformation and the methods and results of empirical sciences at the time Hegel wrote. In particular, the physiological conceptions of irritability, of sensibility and reproduction discussed on page 256 and following, were first formulated by Haller, Elementia Physiologique, 1757-66, for a list of the chief scientific works which appeared shortly before or about the time of the following analysis was written, and which doubtless provided part of the material for the analysis, see Mertz, History of European Thought, Volume 1, pages 82-83. The polemical criticism which runs through this, as through almost every section of the work, is directed against one-sided idealism of Hegel's predecessors and the imperfect conception of scientific method displayed by the current science of nature. End of translator's note. With the thought that consciousness has laid hold of, that individual consciousness is inherently absolute reality, consciousness turns back into itself. In the case of the unhappy consciousness, the inherent and essential reality is a beyond, remote from itself. 
but the process of its activity has in its case brought out the truth that individuality when completely developed individuality which is a concrete actual mode of consciousness is made the negative of itself i e the object extreme in other words has forced it to make explicit its self-existence and turn this into an objective fact in this process it has itself become aware too of its unity with the universal a unity which seeing that the individual when sublated is the individual is no longer looked on by us as falling outside it and which since consciousness maintains itself in this negative condition is inherently in it as such its very essence its truth is what appears in the process of synthesis where the extremes were seen to be absolutely held apart as the middle term proclaiming to the unchangeable consciousness that the isolated individual has renounced itself and to the individual consciousness that the unchangeable consciousness is no longer for it an extreme but is one with it and reconciled to it this mediating term is the unity directly aware of both and relating to one another and the consciousness of their unity which it proclaims to consciousness thereby to itself it is the certainty of assurance of being all truth from the fact that self-consciousness is reason its hitherto negative attitude towards otherness turns round into a positive attitude so far it has been concerned merely with its independence and freedom it has sought to save and keep itself for itself as the expense of the word or its own actuality both of which appeared to it to evolve the denial of its own essential nature but qua reason assured of itself it is at peace so far as they are concerned and is able to endure them for it is certain itself is reality certain all concrete actuality is nothing else but it its thought is itself eo ipso concrete reality its attitude towards the latter is thus that of idealism to it looking at itself in this way it seems as if now for the first time the world has come into being formerly it did not understand the world it desired the world and worked upon it then withdrew itself from it and retired into itself abolished the world so far as itself was concerned and abolished itself qua consciousness both the consciousness of that world as essentially real as well as the consciousness of its nothingness and unreality here for the first time after the grave of its truth is lost after the annihilation of its concrete actuality is itself done away with and the individuality of consciousness is seen to be in itself absolute reality it discovers the world as its own new and real world which in its permanence possesses an interest for it just as previously the interest lay only in its transitoriness the subsistence of the world is taken to mean the actual presence of its own truth it is certain of finding only itself there reason is the conscious certainty of being all reality this is how idealism announces its principle just as consciousness assuming the form of reason immediately and inherently contains that certainty within it in the same way idealism also directly proclaims and expresses that certainty i am i in the sense that the i which is object for me is sole and only object and is all reality and all that is present the i which is object to me here is not what we have in self-consciousness in general nor again what we have in free independent self-consciousness in the former it is merely empty object in general in the latter it is merely an object that withdraws itself from other objects that still hold their own alongside it 
in the present instance the object ego is object which is consciously known to exclude the existence of any other whatsoever self-consciousness however is not merely from its own point of view for sich but also in its very self and sich all reality primarily by the fact that it becomes this reality or rather demonstrates itself to be such it demonstrates itself to be this by the way in which otherness as inherently real an sich first disappears in the course of the dialectic movement of meaning meinen perceiving and understanding and afterwards in the movement through the independence of consciousness in lordship and servitude through the idea of freedom sceptical detachment and the struggle for absolute liberation on the part of the self-divided consciousness where otherness so far as being still for consciousness vanishes for the latter itself there appeared two aspects one after the other the one where the essential reality or the truly real present to consciousness had the characteristic of existence the other where it had the character of only being an object for consciousness but both led back to one single truth that what is or the real per se only is so far as it is an object for consciousness and that what is for consciousness is also inherently real the mode of consciousness which this truth constitutes has forgotten the process by which this result has been reached the pathway to it lies away behind this consciousness comes on the scene directly in the form of reason in other words this reason appearing thus immediately comes before us merely as the certainty of that truth it is merely assured of being or reality it does not however itself comprehend this fact for that forgotten pathway by which it arrives at this position is the process of comprehending what is involved in this mere assertion which it makes and on that account any one who has not taken this route finds the assertion unintelligible when he hears it expressed in this abstract form although as a matter of concrete experience he makes the same assertion himself this kind of idealism which does not trace the path to that result but starts off with the bare assertion of this truth is consequently a mere assurance which does not understand its own nature and cannot make itself intelligible to any one else it announces an intuitive certainty to which there stand in contrast other equally intuitive certainties that have been lost along that very pathway hence the claim and assurances made by these other certainties are equally entitled to a place alongside the assurance of that certainty reason takes its stand on the self-consciousness of each individual consciousness i am i my object and my essential reality is ego and no one will deny reason this truth but since it rests on this appeal it sanctions the truth of the other certainty viz there is for me another another qua ego is to me object and true reality or since i am object and reality to myself i am only so by withdrawing myself from the other altogether and appearing alongside it as an actuality only when reason comes forward as a reflection from the opposite certainty does its assertion in regarding itself appear in the form not merely of a certainty and an assurance but of a truth and a truth not alongside others but the only truth its appearing directly and immediately in the abstract form of its actual presence the essential nature and inherent reality of which is an absolute notion i e the process of its own development consciousness will determine its relation to otherness or its objects in various ways according as it is one or other stage of the development of the world spirit into self-consciousness 
how the world spirit immediately finds and determines itself and its object at any given time or how it appears to itself depends on what has come to be on what has come from or on what is already implicitly inherently is reason is the certainty of being all reality this its inherent nature this reality is still however through and through a universal the pure abstraction of reality it is the first positive character which self-consciousness per se is aware of being an ego therefore merely the pure in a sense of existence in other words is the category bare and simple the category which usually has the significance of being the inmost essence of existence leaving existence quite undetermined or without determination by contrast to consciousness is here the essential nature or simple unity of existence merely in the sense of a reality that thinks to put it otherwise the category means this that existence and self-consciousness are the same being the same not as a matter of comparison but really and truly in and for themselves it is only a one-sided unsound idealism which lets this unity again appear on one side as consciousness with a reality per se over against it on the other but now this category or simple unity of self-consciousness and being has difference within it for its very nature consists in just this in being immediately one and identical with itself in otherness or in absolute difference difference therefore is but completely transparent a difference that is at the same time none it appears in the form of a plurality of categories since idealism declares the unity of self-consciousness to be all reality and at once takes it for the essential real without first having comprehended its absolutely negative nature only an absolutely negative reality contains within its very being negation determinateness or difference still more incomprehensible than the former is this viz that the category there are differences kinds or species of categories this assurance in general as also the assurance as any determinate number of kinds of categories is a new form of assurance which however itself implies that we are no longer to accept it as an assurance for since difference starts in the pure ego in pure understanding itself it is thereby affirmed that here immediacy making assurances finding something given must be abandoned and reflective comprehension begin but to pick up the various categories again in any sort of a way as a kind of happy find hit upon e.g in the different judgments and then to be content so to accept them must really be regarded as an outrage on scientific thinking translator's note this refers to kant's discovery of his table of categories and translator's note where is understanding to be able to demonstrate necessity if it is capable of doing so in its own case itself being of pure necessity now because in this way the pure essential being of things as well as their aspect of differences belongs to reason we can strictly speaking no longer talk of things at all i e something which would only be present to consciousness by negatively opposing it for the many categories are species of the pure category which means that the pure category is still their genus or essential nature and not opposed to them but they contain and imply the ambiguity of which otherness too in its aspect of plurality involves as against the pure category they in point of fact contradict the pure category by this plurality and the pure category must sublate themselves a process by which it constitutes itself as the negative unity of the different elements 
Qua negative unity, however, it puts away from itself and excludes both the diverse elements as such and that previous immediate unity as such. It is then individual singleness, a new category, which is an exclusive form of consciousness, i.e. stands in relation to something else, another. This individuality, in its transition from its notion to an external reality, the pure schema, which is at once consciousness and in consequence of it being a single individual and excluding unit, points to the presence of an external other. But the other of this category is merely the other categories first mentioned, viz. pure essential reality and pure difference. And in this category, i.e. just in affirming the other, or in this other itself, consciousness is likewise the other too. Each of these various moments points and refers to another. At the same time, however, they do not involve any absolute otherness. The pure category refers to the species which passes over into the negative category, the category of exclusion individuality. This latter, however, points back to them. It is itself pure consciousness, which is aware of each of them being always this clear unity with itself. A unity, however, that in the same way is referred to another, which in being disappears, and in disappearing is once again brought into being. We see pure consciousness here affirmed in a twofold form. In one case it is the restless activity which passes hither and thither through all its moments, seeing them in that otherness which is sublated in the process of grasping it. In the other case it is the imperturbable unity certain of its own truth, the restless activity constitutes the other for this unity, while this unity for the other, for that activity, and with this reciprocally determining opposites, consciousness and objects alternate. Consciousness thus at one time finds itself seeking about hither and thither, and its object is absolutely what exists per se, and is the essentially real. At another time consciousness is aware of being the category bare and simple, and the object is the movement of the different elements. Consciousness, however, qua essential reality, is the whole of this process of passing out of itself, qua simple category, into individuality, and the object of viewing this process in the object, cancelling it as distinct, appropriating it as its own, and declaring itself as this certainty of being all reality, of being both itself and its object. Its first declaration is merely this abstract, empty phrase, that everything is its own. For the certainty of being all reality is to begin with the pure category. Reason knowing itself in this sense, in its object, is what finds expression in its abstract, empty idealism. It merely takes reason as reason appears at first, and by its pointing out that in all being there is this bare consciousness of a mine, and by expressing things as sensation or ideas, it fancies it has shown that abstract mine of consciousness to be a complete reality. It is bound, therefore, to be at the same time absolute empiricism, because for the filling of this empty mine, i.e. for the element of distinction, and for all further development and embodiment of it, its reason needs an impact, anstos, operating from without, in which lies the fons et origio of the multiplicity of sensations or ideas. This kind of idealism is thus just such a self-contradictory equivocation as scepticism, only while the latter expresses itself negatively, the former does so in a positive way. But it fails just as completely as scepticism to link up its contradictory statements about pure consciousness being all reality, while at the same 
time and the alien impact or sense impressions and ideas are equally reality it oscillates hither and thither from one to the other and tumbles into the false or sensuous infinite since all reality in the sense of the abstract mind and the other is an externality indifferent to it there is here affirmed just that sort of knowledge of an other on the part of reason which we met with before in the form of intending or meaning meinen perceiving and understanding which grasps what is meant and what is perceived such a kind of knowledge is at the same time asserted by the very principle of this idealism itself not to be the true knowledge for only the unity of apperception is the real truth of knowledge pure reason as conceived by this idealism if it is to get at this other which is essential to it i e really is per se but which it does not possess in itself it is thus thrown back on that knowledge which is not a knowledge of the real truth it thus condemns itself knowingly and voluntarily to being an untrue kind of knowledge and cannot get away from meaning and perceiving which for it have no truth at all it falls into a direct contradiction it asserts that the real has a twofold nature consists of elements of sheer opposition is unity of apperception and thing as well whether a thing is called an alien impact or an empirical entity or sensibility or the thing in itself it remains in principle precisely the same viz something external and foreign to that unity this idealism falls into such a contradiction because it asserts the abstract notion of reason to be the truth consequently reality comes directly before it just as much in a form which is not strictly the reality of reason at all whereas reason is all while intended to be reality reason remains in this case a restless search which in its very process of seeking declares that it is utterly impossible to have the satisfaction of finding but actual concrete reason is not so inconsequent as this being at first merely the certainty that it is all reality it is in this notion well aware that qua certainty qua ego it is not yet in truth all reality and thus reason is driven on to raise its formal certainty into actual truth and give concrete filling to the empty mine section a observation as a process of reason this consciousness which takes being to mean what is its own now seems indeed to adopt once again the attitude of meaning and perceiving but not in the sense that it is certain of what a mere other is but in the sense that it is certain of this other being itself formerly consciousness merely happened to perceive various elements in the thing and had a certain experience in so doing but here it settles itself to the observation to be made and the experience to be had meaning and perceiving which formerly were superseded in so far as we were concerned for uns are now superseded by consciousness on its own behalf for a's reason sets out to know the truth to find the form of a notion what for meaning and for perceiving is a thing i e it seeks in thinghood to have merely the consciousness of its own self reason has therefore here a universal interest in the world because it is the certainty of having the present within it or is certain that the actual present is rational it seeks its other while knowing that it there possesses nothing itself but itself it seeks merely its own infinitude while at first merely surmising that it is in the world of reality or knowing 
this only in general way to be its own domain it goes forward on this understanding and appropriates everywhere and at all points its own assured possession it plants the symbol of its sovereignty on the heights and the depths of reality but this superficial mine is not the final and supreme interest the joy of universal appropriation finds still in its property an otherness and externality which does not involve abstract reason reason has the presentiment of being a deeper reality than pure ego is and must demand that difference the manifold diversity of being should itself be its very own that the ego should look at and see itself as concrete reality and find itself present in objectively embodied form and in the shape of such a thing but if reason probes and gropes through the inmost recesses of the life of things and opens their every vein so that even reason itself may gush out of them then it will not achieve this desired result it must for its purpose have first brought about in itself its own completion in order to be able after that to experience what its completion means consciousness observes i e reason wants to find and to have itself in the form of existent object to be in concrete sensuously present form the consciousness thus observing fancies mient and indeed says that it wants to discover not itself but on the contrary the inner being of things qua things that this consciousness means this and says so lies in the fact that it is reason but it is reason as such but reason is such is for it not as yet object if it were to know reason to be equally and at once the essence of things and of itself and knew that reason can only be actually present in consciousness in the shape and embodiment peculiarly appropriate to reason then it would descend into the depths of its own being and seek reason there rather than in things if it had found reason there it would again turn from that and be directed upon concrete reality in order to see therein its own sensuous expression but would at the same time take that sensuous form to be essentially a notion translator's note this paragraph is a passing remark and refers to the method of the logic End translator's note reason as it immediately appears in the form of conscious certainty of being all reality takes its reality in the sense of immediacy of being and also takes the unity of ego with this objective existence in the sense of an immediate unity a unity which it reason has not yet separated and then again united the moments of being an ego or in other words a unity which reason has not yet come to understand it therefore when appearing as a conscious observation turns to things with the idea that it is really taking them as sensuous things opposed to the ego but its actual procedure contradicts this idea for it knows things it transforms their sensuous character into conceptions i e just into a kind of being which at the same time is ego it transforms thought into an existent thought or being into a thought constituted being and in fact asserts that things have truth merely as conceptions in this process it is only what the things are that consciousness in observation takes account of we however who are tracing the nature of this experience are interested in what conscious observation itself is the outcome of its process however will be that this consciousness becomes aware of being for itself what it is in itself i e to become aware of being to itself what in the meantime it is to us 
we have to consider the operation of this observational phase of reason in the varied moments of its activity it takes up this attitude towards nature mind and finally towards the relation of both in this form of sense existence and in all these it seeks to find itself as a definitely existing concrete actuality section alpha one observation of nature when this unreflective consciousness speaks of observation and experience as being the foundation of truth the phrase may possibly sound as if the whole business were a matter of tasting smelling feeling hearing and seeing it forgets in its zeal for tasting smelling etc to say that in point of fact it really and rationally determined for itself already the object thus sensually apprehended and this determination of the object is at least as important for it as that apprehension it will also as readily admit that its whole concerns is not simply a matter of perceiving and will not allow e g the perception that this penknife lies beside this snuff-box to pass for an observation what is perceived should at least have the significance of a universal and not of a sensuous particular this the universal here regarded is in the first instance merely self-sameness its movement is merely the uniform recurrence of the same operation the consciousness which thus far finds in the object of merely universality or the abstract mine must take upon itself the movement particular to the object and since it is not yet at the stage of understanding that object it must at least be the recollection of it as a recollection which expresses in a universal way what in actual fact is merely given in the form of a particular this superficial method of getting out of particularity and this equally superficial type of universality into which the sense element is merely taken up without the sense element having itself become universal this description of things is not yet a process effected in the object itself the process really takes place solely in the function of describing the object as it is described has consequently lost interest while the one object is being described another must be kept in view and continually thought so as not to put a stop to the process of description if it is no longer easy to find new and whole things then there is nothing for it but to turn back upon those already found in order to divide them still further break them up into component parts and look out for any new aspects of thinghood that still remain in them there can be no stopping this restlessly active instinct in dealing with its material to find a new genus of distinctive significance or even to discover a new planet although an individual entity yet possesses the nature of a universal it can only fall to the lot of those who are lucky enough to do so but the boundary line of what like elephant oak gold is markedly distinctive the line of demarcation of what is genus and species passes through many stages into the endless particularization of the chaos of planets and animals kinds of rocks or metals forms of earth etc etc that only art and craft can bring to light in this realm where universality means indeterminateness where particularity now approximates to singleness and again at this point that even descends to it entirely there is offered an inexhaustible supply of material for observation and description to deal with here where a boundless field is opened up it can have found at the boundary line of the universal not an immeasurable wealth but instead merely the limitations of nature and of its own operation it can no longer know whether what seems to have been being per se is not the chance accident what bears the impress of a confused or unformed feeble image that it barely got it out of elementary indeterminateness cannot claim even to be described 
While this seeking and describing seem to be concerned merely with things that we see in point of fact, it is not carried on at the level of sense perception. Rather, what enables things to be known is more important for that process than the range of sense properties left over, qualities of which, of course, the thing itself cannot do without, but which consciousness dispenses with. Through this distinction into what is essential and what is unessential, the notion rises out of the dispersion of sensibility, and knowledge thereby makes it clear that it has to do with its own self, at least quite as essentially as with the things. This duality in the observed objects produces a certain hesitation as to whether what is essentially and necessary for knowledge is also in the case of things. On the one hand, the qualifying marks have merely to serve the purpose of knowledge in distinguishing things into say. On the other hand, however, it is not the unessential qualities of things that have to be known, but the feature in virtue of which they themselves break away from the general continuity of being as a whole, get cut from the others and stand by themselves. The distinguishing marks must not only have an essential relation to knowledge, but also be the essential characteristic of things, and the system of marks devised must conform to the system of nature itself, and merely express this system. This follows necessarily from the very principle and meaning of reason, and the instinct of reason, for it operates in observation merely as instinct, has also in its systems attained this unity, a unity where its objects are so constituted that they carry their own essential reality with them, involve an existence on their own account, and are not simply an incident of a given particular time or a particular place. The distinguishing marks of animals, for example, are taken from their claws and teeth. For in point of fact, not only does knowledge distinguish thus one animal from another, but each animal itself separates itself off thereby. It preserves for its own sake, by means of these weapons, and keeps itself detached from the universal nature. A plant, on the other hand, never gets the length of existing for its own sake. It touches merely the boundary line of individuality. This line is where plants show the semblance of diremption and separation by their position of different sex characteristics. This furnishes therefore the principle for distinguishing plants into say. What however stands on a still lower level cannot of itself any longer distinguish itself from another. It gets lost when the contrast comes into play. Being per se and being in a relation come into conflict. A thing in the latter case is something different from a thing in the former case whereas the individuum is what it is by preserving itself in relation to another. What, however, is incapable of this, and what becomes in chemical fashion something other than it is empirically, confuses knowledge and gives rise to the same doubt as to whether knowledge is to hold on one side or the other. Since the thing has itself no self-consistency, and these two sides fall apart within it. In those systems where elements involve general self-sameness, the character connotes at once what is self-same for knowledge, and for things themselves as well. But the expansion of these self-identical characteristics, each of which describes undisturbed the entire circuit of its course, and gets full scope to do as it likes, necessarily leads re readily to its very opposite, leads to the confusion of these characteristics. For the qualifying mark of the general characteristic is the unity of opposite factors, viz, of what is determinate and what is per se universal. It must therefore break asunder into this opposition. If now on one side the characteristic overmasters the universality in which its essence lies, on the other side again this universality equally keeps that characteristic under which control forces the latter on its boundary line, and then mingles together 
its distinctions and essential constituents observation which kept them apart in an orderly fashion and thought it had hold of there something stable and fixed finds the principles overlapping and dominating one another sees confusions formed and transitions made from one to another here it finds united what is to look at first to be absolutely separated and there separated what it considered connected hence when observation thus holds by the unbroken self-sameness of being it has here just in the most general determinations given e g in the sense of its essential marks of an animal planet to see itself tormented with instances which rob it of its very determination silence the universality it reached and reduce it again to unreflective observation and description observation which confines itself in this way to what is simple or restricts the sensuously dispersed elements by the universal thus finds its principle confused by its object because what is determined must by its very nature get lost in its opposite reason therefore must pass from that inert characteristic which had the semblance of stability and go on to observe it as really is in truth viz as relating to its opposite what are called essential marks are passive characteristics which when expressed and apprehended as simple do not bring out what constitutes their real nature which is to be vanishing moments of its process withdrawing and betaking itself into itself since the instinct of reason now arises at the point of looking for the characteristic in the light of its true nature that of essentially passing over it into its opposite and not existing apart by itself and for its own sake it seeks after the law and the notion of law it seeks for them moreover as an existing reality but this feature of concrete reality will in point of fact disappear before reason and the aspects of the law will become for it mere moments or abstractions so that the law comes to light in the nature of the notion which it has destroyed within itself the indifferent subsistence of sensuous reality to the consciousness observing the truth of law is given experience in the way that the sense existence is an object for consciousness the truth is not given in and for itself if however the law does not have its truth in the notion it is something contingent not a necessity in fact not a law its being essentially in the form of notion does not merely not contradict its being present for observation to deal with but really gives it on that account necessary existence and makes it an object for observation the universal in the sense of a rational universality is also universal in the sense implied in the above notion it is being for consciousness it presents itself there as the real the objective present the notion sets itself forth in the form of thinghood and sensuous existence but it does not on that account lose its nature and fall into the condition of immovable subsisting passivity or mere adventitious succession what is universally normal is also universally valid what ought to be as a matter of fact is too and what merely should be and is not has no real truth the instinct of reason is entirely within its rights when it stands firm on this point and refuses to be led astray by entia intellectus which merely ought to be and would have truth in the sense of this ought to be even though they are to be met with nowhere in experience and declined to be turned aside by the hypothetical suggestions and all the other impalpable unrealities designed in the interests of an everlasting ought to be which never is translator's note directed at kant and fichte for this reason it is just this certainty of having reality 
and what this consciousness is not aware of is an existent entity i e what does not appear is nothing for consciousness here at all the true nature of law viz that it is essentially reality will no doubt again assume for consciousness if it stops at the level of observation the form of an opposite over against the notion and the inherently universal in other words this consciousness does not take such an object as its law to be a reality of reason it thinks it has got there something external and foreign but it contradicts its own idea by actually and in fact not taking its universality to mean that all individual things of sense must have given evidence of the law to enable the truth of the law to be asserted to assert that stones when raised from the ground and let go fall does not require us to make the experiment with all stones it means that most likely this experiment must have been tried with a good many and from that we can by analogy draw an inference about the rest with the greatest probability or with perfect right yet analogy not only gives no perfect right but on account of its very nature contradicts itself so often that the inference to be drawn from analogy itself is rather that analogy is not at liberty to draw an inference probability which is what analogy would come to loses when face to face with truth every distinction of less and greater be the probability as great as it may be it is nothing as against truth the instinct of reason however takes as a matter of fact laws of that sort for truth it is when reason does not find necessity in them that it resorts to making this distinction and lowers the truth of the matter to the level of probability in order to bring out the imperfect way in which truth is presented to the consciousness that as yet has no insight into the pure notion for universality is before it there merely in the form of simple immediate universality but at the same time on account of this universality the law has truth for consciousness that a stone falls is true for consciousness because it is aware of the stone being heavy i e because in weight taken by itself as such the stone has that essential relation to the earth expressed in the act of falling consciousness thus finds in experience the objective being of the law but it has it there in the form of a notion as well and only because of both factors together is the law true for consciousness the law therefore is accepted as a law because it presents itself in the sphere of appearance and is at the same time in its very nature a notion the instinct of reason in this type of consciousness because the law is at the same time inherently a notion proceeds to give the law and its moments a purely conceptual form and proceeds to do this of necessity but without knowing that it is what it seeks to do it puts the law to the test of an experiment as the law first appears it is enveloped in particular sense and as the notion constituting its nature is involved with empirical elements the instinct of reason sets to work to find out by experimentation what follows in such and such circumstances by so doing the law seems only to be plunged still further into sense but sense existence really gets lost in the process the inner purport of this investigation is to find pure conditions of the law and this means nothing else even if the consciousness stating the fact were to think it meant something different than completely to bring out the law in conceptual shape and detach its moments entirely from determinate specific existence 
for example negative electricity which is known at first say in the form of resin electricity while positive electricity comes before us as glass electricity these by means of experiments lose altogether such a significance and become purely positive and negative electricity neither of which is bound up any longer with things of a particular kind and we can no longer say that these are bodies which are electrical positively others electrical negatively in the same way the relationship of acid and base and their reaction constitutes a law which these opposite factors appear as bodies yet these sundered things have no reality the power which tears them apart cannot prevent them entering at the same time into a process for they are merely this relation they cannot subsist and be indicated by themselves apart like a tooth or a claw that is their very nature is to pass over directly into neutral product to make their existence lie in being cancelled and superseded or make it into a universal and acid and base possess truth merely qua universal just then as glass and resin can be equally well positively and negatively electrified in the same way acid and base are not attached as properties or qualities to this or that reality each thing is only relatively acidulate and basic what seems to be an absolute base or an absolute acid gets in the so-called synomatese translator's note a term employed by chemist winterall at the beginning of the nineteenth century to denote combinations intermediate in character between physical mixtures and chemical combinations in synomatese the bodies undergo in the product of change i e change of color specific density and weight these changes do not take place in mere physical mixtures and yet they do not constitute a chemical combination examples of synomatese are the blending of water and alcohol and the amalgam of minerals what seems to be an absolute acid or an absolute base gets the so-called synomatis the opposite significance of the other the result of the experiments in this way is to cancel the moments or inner significations as properties of specific things and free the predicates from their subjects these predicates are found merely as universal and the truth that they are what they are because of this self-subsistence they therefore get the name kinds of matter which is neither a body nor a property of a body certainly no one would call acid positive and negative electricity heat etc bodies matter on the contrary is not a thing that exists it is being in the sense of universal being or being in the way that concept is being reason still instinctive correctly draws this distinction without being conscious that it reason by the very fact of its testing the law in every sense particular cancels the merely sensuous existence of the law and when it construes the moments of the law as forms of matter their essential nature is taken to be something universal and specifically expressed as a non-sensuous element of sense an incorporeal and yet objective existence we now have to see what turn its result takes and what new shape this activity of observation will in consequence assume the outcome and truth of this experimentation is found to be pure law freed from sensuous elements we find it as a concept which present in sense operates there independently and unrestrained while enveloped in sense is detached from it and is a concept bare and simple this which it is the truth the essential result now comes before this consciousness itself but as an object moreover since the object is not a result really for it and is unrelated to the preceding process the object is a peculiar kind of object and its relation to consciousness takes the form of another kind of observation such an object where the simple activity of the notion is the principle of the process within it is an organism end of chapter 5a and alpha 1 
recording by Morris in Arsy Bedfordshire.